Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good morning, everyone. I hope you're having as wonderful a day as I am. You know, my, my kids laugh at me sometimes because when it gets to be Christmas time, I'm like a kid in a candy store. It's, it's not even about the gifts. It's just about the... It, it, it's about the spirit of it because it's people that usually don't even give actually will get in a little bit of a giving mood, and and I just love that. I love the the fact that this is that time of year where you're in you're in a spirit of, of of giving to others, but at the same time, I think it's when we let our defenses down like that that we also start focusing in on what we need to change for the new year, and and I am so. I'm excited about doing this series, and I don't even know if I'm going to give it justice. This one here is by my good friend, Richard Bliss Brook. Mock 2 with your hair on fire. You know, it's, it's, I have such a privilege of meeting so many different people that, that are inside and outside of direct sales that have been very successful. You know, Dave Ramsey, John Maxwell, Andy Stanley, you know, great people, and when I when I get an opportunity inside my own niche to meet somebody that is just as much of a servant leader, who who for no reason, I mean, I don't know, it's just one of those things. I think God blessed me. You know, they come into my life and they make a difference. That that's just big to me because I, I can relate to some people, and Richard is one of them. And as I started reading his book this would be like the fifth or sixth time it's like i make new notes i i cover things up i I look at things i find something new it it, it amazes me how many people when i talk to them in our profession they say richard who they have not had the same privilege and and i'll tell you why i think it is richard unlike some people in sales period it doesn't matter if it's network marketing or others He's one of the most humble, successful multimillionaires I've ever met. He has not, and, I, and I've written this and I've talked about it, and he knows, he knows I feel this way. He has never forgotten where he came from. He just made sure he never went back there. And that's what makes this so unique. And over the next two weeks, if you tune in, <laughs> excuse me, if you'll tune in, if you'll download it in the archives, if you'll you'll pick it up on iTunes, I honestly believe this book can change your life. And, and go, go to Bliss Business, okay, just B-L-I-S-S business.com. Pick up a copy. I even think when I was on there yesterday that, that he's now got it in a PDF format where you can just download it automatically. This is a great book. And I'll tell you something else about Richard before I get into this. I'm going to tell you right now, there is no way in 30 minutes we're going to cover each chapter in detail. I'm going to cover the highlights. I'm going to put some personal stuff in here that I believe. But I want, to, I want you to know something. Richard is one of those people. You don't go to his website and have to buy everything. There are some great things on his site that, 
if, if, if for whatever reason it's just tight, you're tight on funds, you can't buy the book, I guarantee you there's enough stuff on his website that you're going to be able to change your life. And if you can't buy the book, you need to hang out. You need to be on this call. And I'm going to tell you something. By the end of the two weeks, if if this book changed your life, if this series has changed your life, and you want a copy of this book and you don't have one, you you send me an email. And I will personally get a book to you because that's how important this is. This first chapter is Richard's story. And I'm not going to go through it verbatim. But I'm going to share some things in this story that I believe is why Richard and I have connected at a, at a level beyond just business. He says, at age four, I stole a pair of sunglasses from Red's Market. Well, I didn't steal sunglasses, but at age five, I stole a bottle of ink from the Ben Franklin store. And, and like Richard, my mom found out, so I had to tell her the truth. And, and it's kind of hard. In my case, I couldn't lie about it anyway because... When I finally got the lid off, and the whole reason I stole the doggone thing is because I couldn't get the lid off the bottle. I wanted to see what was in it. So I, I get the lid off the bottle, and, and what do you do when you're in the bathroom and your mom calls? Okay, you, you, you're like freaking out. You're like a, a drug dealer trying to get rid of his stash. So I'm dumping the ink down the toilet stool, and then I flush the stool. Well, guess what? All the ink doesn't disappear of course, then I had some on my hand, so I had no choice but to tell the truth. So I thought, man, Richard and I have that in common. But the one thing that I had to do is, like Richard, I had to go back and apologize, and I really hated that. And all of a sudden I realized, man, I don't like telling the truth, because when you tell the truth, it, it, it's, it's worse sometimes, or it felt worse than lying, because sometimes you can lie and you don't you know, get caught sort of thing. So I felt I, I could realize what he said. But Richard goes on, he says, I decided telling the truth was painful and not a smart thing to do. Typical. I mean, I, I felt that with him. He says, in fifth grade, a girl I liked sat with me at the movie. We held hands. The very next day, she dumped me. I decided I wasn't good enough for women. Now, I wasn't, I wasn't in fifth grade. Okay? I, I think I was in junior high, but the, the prettiest girl in the youth group at church at the time, and she was a rah-rah girl at that, so it's like, oh, this is great. So I asked her out to, to the Christmas banquet, because our church always did a Christmas banquet. And she said yes. But then she had a friend come up and tell me she couldn't go with me. She didn't even have enough ovaries to come tell me herself. Okay, She had a friend do it, all because some stud at the school had asked her out. And if that wasn't bad enough, I'm in junior, high, I'm in junior, junior in high school, and another girl, I just loved her. I mean, she was awesome. And I asked her to the prom. And she told me, no, my mom's going to make me go with my little brother. And instead, she went with another jock. So I could relate to Richard when it came to that. I thought, man, this sucks. And even my lovely wife that I'm married to dumped me. And it's like, golly, this, this, I mean, going through school, women, forget it. I mean, it just sucked. Then he goes, in sixth grade, we moved from the ranch, because Richard's a cowboy. I call him MLM Cowboy. His parents were ranchers in California. He grew up on a ranch. In sixth grade, he said, I, I went to the city, and the cool guys all had powder blue Levi's. And I was wearing Kmart jeans, the ones, you know, with the double patches. He goes, I decided I wasn't cool. Well, I didn't wear the Kmart jeans all the time. I'd actually wear Sears sometimes. And all the other kids had the Levi's or the... Or the Izod shirts, you know. So 
you know, I thought, man, this sucks. Here we are. And, and it was kind of cool because Dad and Mom had just built their dream home, and we moved to this really cool school, and, and here I'm a dork, you know. I, I, I felt like Richard. And here's what Richard says, and, and it wasn't until I read this that I, I kind of figured this out to myself. He said, my core beliefs about me, telling the truth was painful, I wasn't good enough, and I wasn't cool. You know, when I when I read those words and I sat back, I thought, man, you know, I think my turning point, unlike Richard's, my turning point where I started to believe or I stopped believing that about myself, at least that I wasn't good enough and that I wasn't cool, was when I went into the Marine Corps and did something that very few people ever accomplish. See, that that was my turning point. Richard didn't do that. He's but, but like him, I grew up thinking these things. It was an internal limiting belief. Richard says this. He says, in our de- developmental years, we form our personalities. These years encompass prenatal through the age of five and perhaps longer in children who are slow to develop emotionally. Now, I didn't have a problem developing emotionally. I lived in one hell of a family. Okay, my dad, as you guys know, was in the union and tough as freaking nails. And and he let us all know it. My mom was a spitfire and still is today. You piss her off and you know it. So developing emotionally, let me tell you, there were so many emotions in my family. I had more emotions by the age of five inside of my brain than most people have in a lifetime. But I felt like I was weird, different, wasn't good enough. Family came from the wrong side of the track, so to speak. So I understood where he was coming from. He says, during these childhood years, without the vast background of context and reason that we have as adults, we tend to experience the events and decide who we are versus deciding what happened. That's a big deal. Most of us grow up in life wanting to be like our parents. I wanted so much to be like my dad. I, I mean, to this day, I always love it because my daddy usually listens on the phone and, and I get to brag about him because, I mean, literally, I never knew a tougher dude in my life. So that was who I wanted to be like. I learned a lot of things about my dad I didn't want to be like, but the one thing that I always have admired about my dad was the unconditional love he had for my mom. And some of you guys know that. I do a special Valentine's every year dedicated to them. And it's like, you know, that we, we all go through this. But Richard writes this, he says, just like millions of other kids my age, I formed a personality to cope with life as I perceived it. Now, here's the kicker. Most of us as adults, especially if we enter into the direct selling arena, we enter into it because we have this emotional excitement of wanting to be like that person we saw on the stage or that person that called us on the phone, or, or we, we, nowadays we hit some freaking website and we say, oh my gosh, I want that Maserati, I want that car, I want that house, I want that good-looking stud or girl. But yet inside of us, you're just like Richard and I. Inside of us, you've created a belief system, and you're saying, I'm probably really not that good. I, I probably really can't have that. I'm probably not as cool as they are. And what happens? You fail. And somebody in your life, 
some dull, negative, dissolution crybaby says to you, I told you so. You weren't meant to be that way. You weren't supposed to be there. And you let it go on and on. See, where Richard has changed and, and where I have changed is that there came a point in our life where we said, we're just not going to live this way anymore. And and the fun thing about Richard that I have grown to love is that just because Richard's had success doesn't mean that every aspect of his life is perfect, and he admits this. And I can tell you, man, not every aspect of my life is perfect. Matter of fact, we, we kind of laugh around my house because I raised the boys, and boy, I don't know how good I did at that. So Paige is raising the girls, and she's got a pretty good start. You know, I mean, we, you're not going to be perfect at stuff. Richard hated school. I didn't so much hate school, but I hated the teachers. Again, women. I had one teacher. Of all my teachers, I had two that stand out in my mind. One was in ninth grade. She was my math teacher, and she just loved her kids, and I had a blast, and I learned how to do math pretty good. Well, that and my dad kicked me in the butt all the time to get it right. Then I had another teacher in high school. She was an English teacher, and she was a... She's just one of those ladies you don't ever want to be around. I had to speak in front of the class, and I stuttered. She made fun of me, and I wanted to beat the holy snot out of her. never wanted to hit a woman in my life till that day. So I'm kind of like Richard. I wasn't planning on going to no post-college education crap, because if this is what school was like, it sucks. And there was no way I was going to go through another four years of it. In Richard's case, he went to work. In my case, I joined the Marine Corps. In Richard's case, he went on to live the American dream. He got a union job paying three hundred five an hour, had benefits, seniority, vacation, and best of all, he was going to have retirement. He had gone to work for the largest poultry plant in America, cutting up chickens for a living. And he, he, that was pretty cool. I mean, you can read this story. I can't go through the whole story, but he had fun. Now, like me, he had a problem with authority. I still have that problem, my wife tells me, and my pastor does sometimes too. But, you know, he ended up telling his boss to go to hell, and then his boss's his boss hurt him, and he went out of management back onto the assembly line. You know, but it didn't matter overall to Richard. Here's why it didn't matter. He said, I fully expected to spend the next 30 years of my life working there, building seniority, which equates to power. Anybody that's been in the union knows the more seniority you have, the more power you have. Vacation time, that means more fun. And finally, retirement, which was freedom. And that was in 1977, and Richard was 22 years old. I'm not going to tell you how old I was in 77 or what I was doing. Actually, my, my dad could because he'd tell you the school called him at work because I was part of a bomb threat at the school. They, that's a felony these days. Back then, we were just having fun. That's beside the point. 22 years old. Nowhere in life. Dead-end job for the most part. Had a sucky attitude. Thought he was a nobody. Screw the women. Screw everybody else. Nobody's going to care. I'm just going to work at the poultry plant, have fun, get drunk, do whatever they did. Some of his buddies worked at the ragu spaghetti plant. You know, these guys, I mean, we're talking about highly educated guys that, you know, every mother warns her daughter about. 
And yet by the age of 30, just seven short years later, eight short years later, Richard had made his first million dollars. He'd advanced to the top sales position in his company. He had 250,000 salespeople working with him. By the age of 31, he became that company's executive. He was the executive vice president of that company. By 33, he accepted an opportunity. 33 years old. You know, if you read anything about successful men, most of them aren't successful to over the age of 40 because their sex drive keeps them focused somewhere else. At 33, his drive and his passion for success became so intense, and he became so successful, and he put together what he had learned, and we're going to talk about that in a second, that by 33, he accepted the opportunity to turn around a network marketing company. It was in a death spiral. It was on its way down. It was virtually bankrupt. Now, I I snickered when I read that because I thought, well, what do you expect? Here's a guy who doesn't have a college education, worked at a gas station, worked at a chicken factory. He doesn't know how to turn down a risk. He just says, okay, yeah, I'll do that. He has, I mean, a college-educated individual with an MBA would have looked at that and said, put it into bankruptcy. Why would we try to turn it around? Richard says, heck, yeah, I can do that. And him, his partner Randy Anderson, and a bunch of other people, I think they have like 200 different shareholders today, most of them from the field. They turned that company around, made it one of the most successful stories, not just in network marketing, but in business. In March of 1992, at age 37, Success Magazine featured Richard and their company on the front cover. It was the first time in the history of Success Magazine that a network marketing company was featured in a positive light. That issue outsold every other issue of Success Magazine in its 100-year history. Today, that magazine is owned by a good friend of of Richard's, and it's focused 100% on helping carry on the tradition of successful people around the world, and I love that. By, in 1993, Richard was able to be the co-author in a book called The New Entrepreneurs, Business Visionaries in the 21st Century. Ninety-four, he was nominated in, in Entrepreneur of the Year. Ninety-six, Working from Home, co-featured him on their Getting Rich at Home feature. Ninety-eight, he was inducted in the Network Marketing Hall of Fame. Two thousand and two, received the Distinguished Distributors Choice Award as the top five trainers in network marketing. And today, he sets as one of the senior members of the Ethics Committee on the Distributors, uh, the Direct Selling Association. I love that. Richard and I share a lot of the same values, both in business and in life. I decided to do this series because I believe what's in this what's in this book will help change your life. And you may be saying, Troy, what the heck happened? How can you go from a basically a dull, negative, disillusioned crybaby to one of the most successful businessmen in current history? And, and listen to me. I want you to understand something real quick. I'm not telling you Richard's successful like you might see successful people on the Internet who talk about how they have multi-million dollar volume coming into their business. But yet they're just like you and I, maybe. They're just two weeks from bankruptcy. What I'm talking about is a man that walked his walk. I rank him right up there with Dave Ramsey. He put money in the bank. He bought some assets. 
He invested wisely. He's got an emergency fund. And yet he still enjoys life. He did what most people won't do so that he can live a life that most people will never get to live. He can fly airplanes, fly helicopters. And the fun thing is, and this is what makes this man stand out to me, I see a lot of people at events. And their whole thing is how much can they sell at their event? What can they sell? How can they they make their money? And you know what Richard wants to do? Because he's made his money. When he shows up at an event where he's a guest speaker, you know the majority of the time he doesn't even get paid. And then he gives away the stuff that he probably should be selling. Because he believes what he's written, he believes in what he what he records, he, he it makes a difference in people's lives. And I honestly believe that's why other trainers now are, are, are literally being attracted to him and saying, we want to be in business with you. Is because they're starting to understand that being a servant leader is not a negative. It's a positive. Because when you serve others, you create other leaders. And when you create other leaders, they go out there and they expand what you have done. A lot different than a leader that just creates followers. And you may be saying, Troy, I can't change like you did. I sure the heck can't change like Richard Brooke did. Richard makes it very simple. He said, change is not only possible, it is inevitable. The only question is, who's going to design it, you or your circumstances? What has changed in you? Write down five things. You don't do it right now. Take it. This is your homework assignment for today. Write down five things. Let's just say from the time you were 18 to today, or, or if you can't think back that far because you don't want to, what's happened from January 1 of 2011 to November 30th of 2011? Hey, let me tell you about change. Because, well, Troy, no. I went from making six figures as an executive vice president in a company to having my contract terminated in 2011. And yet I just kept cranking it forward. I wasn't going to let that stop me from doing what I had to do. I went out and I hustled more clients. I went out and built more on the Internet. I went out and I did what I had to do. See, change is inevitable, but how are you going to react to it? See, that's the key. This has been one of the craziest financial years I have ever lived through. My wife sat here this weekend and said, you know what, I think this is the most strapped we've been in 11 years since we've moved to the beach. She's wrote three books and has three new contracts coming out, though. You know why? Because we don't set back wondering what's going on. We do what Richard had said. We realize change is inevitable. In this book, and I want you to understand something. In this book, you're going to learn what Richard learned. You know, I told you that in 77, when this change happened... Richard and some of his friends went to a network marketing opportunity meeting, them and 40 others. And you're going to hear a lot of critics throughout your career in direct sales. They're going to tell you it doesn't work. None of these guys had college educations. All of them were in the manufacturing, op, you know, they're blue-collar workers. Every one of them today. And not all of them stayed inside of network marketing. Every one of them today are multimillionaires. A couple of them have passed on for different reasons. One of cancer. 
One, Richard's mentor, Kurt Robb, passed on living the life that he dreamed of. It's a tragic accident in Hawaii, surfing. But that was a turning point for Richard. That was the day when he finally woke up and said, enough is enough. Instead of just talking about it and thinking about it, I'm going to put to work what Kurt had taught me, and I'm going to change the world one person at a time. See, Richard may not tell you that, but I've watched him over the years, especially the last two years, change people. My mom's life has been changed because of Richard's indirectly. Richard's never met my mom, never talked to her. But see, here's what happened. This is, and you know what? I'm a real big negative person when it comes to the law of attraction because most people don't get it right. But here's here's a true example of the law of attraction. I have Richard on radio show with Jim Gilhouse last year. That was the first time Richard and I had met. We 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 realized very quickly we had like-minded philosophy. Richard and I started communicating. Richard sent me some product from his new company, 2110. I really liked it. Studied it. Drank it. My mom was going through an issue, and I said, hey, let me send you some of this really weird purple stuff that I got. She started taking it. Started working for her. Neither one of us get paid to tell you this, but this is this is what happened. But in the interim, that was just one aspect of it. The next thing I know, I meet Lisa Jimenez, who, who's a partner and a phenomenal trainer with Richard. And Lisa and I knew each other in passing, not, nothing big, but she sent me a copy of her book, How to Conquer Fear, which we did on the radio show in 2011. That book impacted my life. The connection came through Richard. That's how we really got connected. Then Richard connected me with another great leader, Chris Widener. And we did his book. That book impacted my mom's life so much she wanted a copy of it. She loves Lisa's book, too, and Lisa gave her a copy of it. The law of attraction is is based on action, and that's what Richard's going to be talking about in here. See, if I just wished, oh, I wish I could meet Richard Brooke, or I wish I could meet Chris Widener, these people, it wouldn't happen. See, I realized when I went in the Marine Corps, everything's based on an action. You don't wish anything except your life away. See, where is the catalyst going to be in your life? See, this chapter, just in his life story, is huge. But here's some of the things that we're going to cover. I want you guys to understand this. He's He's going to cover in this book the fact that you have an infinite source of creativity to change your life if you want to. He's going to describe what the word vision means, the mindsets, the expectations, the beliefs. Matter of fact, there's going to be some things you're going to think, man, that's kind of backwards to what Napoleon Hill said. He's going to go in and he's going to share with you that the fact it's not the desire that fuels your accomplishments. It just points you in the right direction. I'm telling you, there's going to be some nitty-gritty in this book. It's going to describe the power to produce. He's going to explain how to how to put all the energies of motivation together, the creativity, the enthusiasm, the persistence, the courage, and the physical energy. See, I believe this book 
if you hang out with us through this whole two weeks, will change your life. It'll give you the catalyst that you need to get started. The book by itself isn't going to do a whole lot. You're going to have to apply it, and then you can't stop there. You're going to have to go out and get other books. You're going to have to go out and go into to seminars and get DVDs and talk to people and find a mentor. I would not be the man I am today if it wasn't for personal and indirect mentors in my life. My biggest one was my dad, and my second was my mom. I've told you guys, I'd lay there at night, and she'd read to me this little Bible story that said, Knock out the tea. Instead of saying, I can't, I would say, I can. When the going gets tough, that always keeps me going. So tomorrow, the secret... Self-motivation. We are going to have a blast, folks. Hey, give us some feedback. Send me an email, Troy at TroyDooley.com. Let me know what you think of this series. Let's uh, post on Facebook, wherever. I want Richard to know that you people are like this. And go to BlissBusiness.com. Pick up a copy. Listen to what Richard has over there. Read his, read his articles. Phenomenal stuff. And leave some comments. Let him know when he affects your life like he has mine. Live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. Be back here tomorrow for RealMentorsRadio.com. Bye. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.